Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Godman podcast. So we had a little thing go on, and this is an extension of the conversation we were having on the previous podcast with you guys. We are titling this Sex Controlling Lust. So we didn't do an intro for this, which is why I'm going back and recording right now to do so. But this will be the continuation. Rodney drops out at some point during this. I can't remember if it was the beginning or towards the end uh, or towards the middle, actually, because I think it was for most of the podcast. I know this is a long one, but very, very good conversation we have, you know, myself and Miss Rennie Mocha. And so, again, like, comment, subscribe, everybody. Uh, give a nice share and enjoy the show. So, what was the segue, Christina? Because um, you were saying self control. How... Yes, yes. There you go. Pick I, up from it, there. It, yes. Right now. Oh yeah, you can go ahead. And pick up from there. Oh okay, okay. So, um, as Mike was uh, saying about the self control aspect, as we are going to this topic of controlling lust. Yes, one of the works of the flesh and one in which seems to be the quote-unquote big work of the flesh, if you would, one which causes a lot of issues. Uh, And so when we talk about self-control, self-control is one of the fruit of the spirit. So we read in Galatians, I believe that is, that's five? Um, Five? I believe that's five. Um, Self-control is one of those. uh, Come on, recall. And, (laughs) and. Uh, when we talk about controlling lust, uh, that as we were talking about the why we should wait, that is something as humans, you know, we have this sinful nature and, you know, as believers, we are supposed to every day be dying to the flesh, right? Um, however, you know, we're not perfect. That's not a justification, but some do fall. We do fall. Let's not say that. We do fall. Okay, and you know we repent and whatnot. But when it comes to lust, uh, we're talking about in in this context, we're talking about sexual lust because you can lust after money, lust after you know attention or you know whatever case may be. But in this case of sexual lust, self control is so important because it can really do some damage to you and to others and whom are involved with you. Right. So I'm gonna speak from. Um, what Mike uh, previously said about he doesn't understand why <laughs> why some women they say that oh when a guy would you say it? when a guy like controls himself stuff like that when he's uh uh sexually disciplined that it's it's a it's a attractive thing that's what you're saying yeah that's a turn on okay him. okay so 
as as a woman, bless God. Um, I agree. Yes, obviously. bless God. I do, and this is why. That type of self control falls under the umbrella of discipline, right? To see that you're disciplined in doing something and something that is very powerful. As we talked about, you know, sex is a very powerful thing, right? It has a lot of different, you know, kind of elements to it. You know, God created it and whatnot. But for someone to be able to control their flesh, right? Because, again, we fight the spirit wars against the flesh. And that fight is, is difficult, you know, for some people more than others. And so when it comes to that self-control, to see somebody have that type of ability that they're working on, they're, they're growing their discipline to, you know, abstain, you know, from indulging in their fleshly desires, that is an attractive thing. That is a thing in which is, you know, it's, it's really good to see because not only in that aspect, if you just have discipline in general, you know, discipline in how you spend your time, what you consume, you know, um, what, you know, gets your, you know, um, you know, where you go or, you know, again, your fleshly desires, like that is a good attribute to have. You know, and not, obviously not just for guys, but for women too. But and to answer, <laughs> to give you context, <laughs> Mike, about that from a woman's perspective, yes, it is, because as we hear in society and culture, there's a lot of guys in whom, well, God forbid, he finds out he's interested in a girl, and she says, "Oh well, I got five bodies, I got six, I got seven and eight, nine and ten, and he's just like disqualified, <laughs> harlot." Just all the names, everything but a child of God. But then when she says, well, how many did you have? And he said, oh, man, I got 25, but it ain't nothing. You know? Just in the low what? 30s. Just low 30s. <laughs> what? Like, oh, my goodness. And I believe it is a very big double standard, and you want to go into the lock key metaphor. And well, listen, listen, okay? But, you know, I'm a man. Right. It's different for me, you know. But no, no, no. I, I, under the context, especially as believers, I ain't trying to hear that. Because you are under the, the subjection of God and mm. under the word. And what that's and what the word says is that you are supposed to be controlling yourself. You're supposed to be abstaining. You're supposed to be walking in the spirit, okay, and not indulging. So, yes, there are some people in whom, um, you know, are baby Christians, uh, baby believers, I would say, and whatnot. But some of them do have a past, and they did indulge and whatnot. But as a believer, you know, you try your very best not to be indulging in some of those, in, in, in that their activity, you know. But, again, to answer your question, Mike, to see a man who has that type of discipline where he's upholding himself and he's like, you know what, I don't want to be out here spilling seed. Because, again, Hello, you talked about the, you know, having three, four different baby mothers. That's not, that's not attractive. It's not at all. As the guy would say, well, I ain't, you know, she got three, four kids and she got two baby daddies. Listen, each, each party is looking at that type of situation and saying, mm -mm, no, I'm not trying to get with that. That's not attractive. I don't want nothing to do with that. There's a reason, you know, there's reasons why, you know, so that type of um, attribute that you see a man who's saying, you know what, no, I'm not going to be sleeping around dealing with a bunch of women and whatnot. No, I'm going to calm myself down until I find my queen. And that I, I, I you know, I get married and, you know, I, I uh, what's the word? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you can, uh, those, those desires will be uh, in covenant. That's my favorite, in covenant. <laughs> right. 
Well, um, to play opposites advocate Ooh. for a second, um, one would argue, and I want to know what your response to this. I know what I would say. One would argue that, and I've heard this argument before, that women find men who have multiple baby mamas more attractive because they have the ability to get with more women and women want men that other women want. And that's why women will go for a guy who has three baby mamas knowing she's about to be number four, despite him having that. Mm. <clears throat> you want me to respond? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we're just screwing the intro today. <laughs> just because a guy has baby mothers and kids and whatnot, that I don't believe, in my opinion, I don't believe that is something in which it's like, oh my gosh, he's wanted. Um, It don't take much to make a baby. Child, we've heard stories of people in whom, you know, one night stands and they were drunk and, you know, the lights were off and whatnot, you know, because you just felt like you wanted to be in the mood and you done did something and woke up the next day and it's like, oh my gosh. Some people don't even know the name of the person they got with. So... I don't really want to use that per se because if you, again, if the flesh burn enough, you going to just want to, uh, you know, satisfy it, right? So I don't think we should equate that per se to, oh my gosh, that's attractive. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, uh, he's wanted and, 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 you know, whatever the case may be. No, no, no. <laughs> I would also say some people are just more prone to being irresponsible to have to getting pregnant when they're doing yes. these things. And that's how you end up with the multiple baby daddy thing. Yes. No. And then also look at the the stories of people who are in those type of situations where, you know, they got two, three, uh, okay, two, three baby daddies or two, three baby mothers, whatever the case may be. Those situations are messy. I don't really hear a lot of success stories when they have situations like that. You know, it's kind of messy. It's kind of... A lot of confusion and chaos, and that's not something in which I want to be a part of. That's not something in which I'm. I'm not going to really look at a guy in whom got two baby mothers. Like, oh my gosh, oh, wow, he he's got it. You know, <laughs> not you know. Um, but as I said earlier, the one in whom abstains and can keep himself, especially as as, as we said in this culture. You know, where it's just it's just like, get wet. Get as many as you can, my man. Get as many as you can. You know, dapping it up and, and, and you good with the boys and whatnot because you, you, you getting it. No. No. Because that comes with, obviously, some consequences, you know. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real. And, like. Folks just be nasty, man, sometimes. This is how they put it. <laughs> I'm trying to come Listen, up with like some wholesome. Just, Listen, it's no. just the end of the day. Some folks just be nasty. But yes, I do, getting back to the original point of it, right? <laughs> About the double standard of things. Mm. Um, and yeah, teach your sons to control themselves as well. Um, you. That, that, that fruit of the spirit of self control manifest itself in so many ways Mm -hmm. 
But if you tell me there's a guy who's, I can't say girl. Well, you know, I can say girl too. You show me a person who can't control themselves sexually. And I'll show you a person who's also undisciplined in other places of their life. And Yes, exactly. That's what I said. That discipline umbrella, that self-control, yeah. that don't just go it, for that. It, it, because at the end of the day, that's your body. If you're not disciplined enough to say no to some of the urges you have, you're a slave to your body. Mm-hmm. And like, what do we talk about, man? Like when you get saved, you that that's that slave. You, you, you became free. You became made free. You are no longer a slave to flesh. So why is it that some of us go running back to wanting to be in slavery? Um, I think as far as controlling, controlling the lust that we have, let's talk about precautions or steps that you can take to controlling yourself. I want to touch on real quick because we brought it up in the last pod, right? Pornography. Wow. I think one of the biggest things to controlling your flesh is avoiding that. I think one of the biggest reasons that our generation has such a problem with sex and with controlling our urges and having to go and find someone to get off when you feel the desire to is because we are in an age of digital pornography where it's literally so it's accessible to everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, and I, w- I would even I would even lessen it a little bit because obviously we jump to pornography, but abstaining from things in which is just going to get you charged. So music and pictures. I would even say social media, who you're following, you know, what what little snippets that you see. Um, you know, obviously you know, some movies have some TV shows, child. Some of these shows have some scenes. First couple seasons of Game, Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, my gosh. Power like has some, some in the beginning. Like. Some scenes, huh? So, and, and, and obviously, again, we jump to, to porn, but... There are some things even on YouTube. Like we're seeing a lot of things that's soft porn. Like it is it's it's creeping more and more to be explicit, like explicit, explicit. You know, we just bearing all, pun intended. You know, so uh I think we should start there. Like the little things that creep, you know, and then obviously the big thing that, you know, getting to, to pornography. I'm glad you said that. So on a previous podcast that we talked about um before, and Rodney, I don't remember which one this is, you can, you know, I guess if you remember what it was, but we talked about, um, ah, watching what you put in your spirit because it's what will manifest later. Mm. And one of the things we talked about was being careful about what you allowed into your ears and your eyes, especially if the uh, things that were sexually, sexually explicit, for example, like we talk about the golden age, like us old souls, (sighs) Love to talk about the golden age of like the R and B's and when love making music was love making music and when it wasn't so explicit necessarily. But guess what? I found that because I listened to that all the time, I had the most perverse dreams. I was always charged and ready to go. Like it was like someone wound up that gear in my back and I was sitting here clapping cymbals, like let come on. Um and when I received that conviction from the Holy Spirit and that information, that knowledge to stop 
listening to so much of that, especially before bed, because I would fall asleep listening to it. It changed the way everything happened for me. I wasn't so wound up anymore. Mm. Also, like you said, when it comes to TV shows, big anime. I love anime. Anime. One of anime's biggest downfalls is the Japanese are, and I don't want to, I shouldn't do this to a whole group, a nation of people. Their shows are perverted. A lot of anime, and I mean a lot of anime, has what we call fan service. Which might not have anything to do with the anime at all. It'd be great anime, great plot, and all this mess. And there's got to be some big boob bimbo with super cleavage and barely anything but a nipple covered right. up in there, and like cheeks hanging out and all. Like, is there's it's got to be that in there somewhere, or a few of them, right? And I noticed that the more I watched, and the more of that I saw, the more I actually sought that out in anime. So where I started going to categories like etchy and watching. Because I wanted to see that. Because it was getting me more charged. Which was then causing me to be so wound up. I had to go and get some. I had to go get released somewhere. And. I found that when you take those things out of it. And be careful of what you allow into your eyes and your ears. It makes it a whole lot easier to control the lust of the flesh when it comes to sex. And when you think about it in previous generations, right? They want they didn't have that stuff on TV. That would have been like that would you think about canceling stuff. It would have been right. an up it would have been an uproar if they would have played some anime, some of the animes in TVs and households or movie theaters. They talk about like my grandmother talks about this and she told me that a lot of stuff that go is in theaters today and her time would have caused an outrage in the public. Mm-hmm. Any like anything that has any kind of sex in it, first off, would do it. And a lot of the stuff that has to do with killing, with how graphic it is, would also do it. And we wonder why we have issues with the murder and like lust problems today in in, in society when we're literally programming kids by showing them these things on television from the time they're young, by allowing them to see these things and letting them be accessible to them. That's true. That's very true. Rodney's awful quiet. Hey, I was letting y'all talk. I was letting y'all talk. <laughs> I, was, I was just digesting what y'all was saying, for real, to be honest. <laughs> But right. um, yeah, but okay. But anyways, yes, lust is definitely something that has to be controlled and definitely has to be vigilant. Because uh, one thing I definitely noticed when it comes to lust is if it's not being controlled, it can spill over into other things. And one thing I learned about lust is very selfish, and like that's that's the difference between like like love and lust. Love is selfless. Love is selfish. So when we find ourselves oh, doing words. these. When we find these us doing these things, even me, me personally, like I said, I've definitely had a moment where lust has definitely taken over, and I've made decisions where love was in the in the driver's seat of it, and I definitely let that take control of me, and I find myself making decisions that were not godly, not holy at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, I would also um, 
add that uh, there are people in whom have addictions uh, to pornography and you know and, and deal with these these issues um, and obviously uh, there's a root to it there's a root why you know there's there's you know they're they're they have the addiction or they're watching a pornography or the case may be um, I've heard stories of testimonies actually of men in whom fought porn addictions and whatnot and most of them when they relay their testimony is because the root was that it was a self-soothing mechanism that because of some trauma that they went through a lot of a lot of people who find themselves um, I've heard like women who you know they're promiscuous or um, guys in whom you know they fall into the porn addiction or whatnot so most most stories I've heard is because of some trauma that they had when they were in childhood. So, you know, they were molested or sexually abused or they were raped or something like that. And, you know, that type of trauma is very damaging, you know, and obviously that takes, you know, some counseling and whatnot to work through. Um, but I believe, you know, addictions have a root to them. And usually that is a self-soothing one because, you know, again, if they went through some trauma or neglect, as a child or abandonment or their, you know, they didn't get the love in which they should have gotten from their mother being nurturing or, you know, the teachings or the love from their father, um, absent father, you know, a neglectful mother or maybe no mother and they would have to be watched by their grandmother, something of that sort. And so those things that happen within their childhood, you know, are escalated to when they're an adult because that has a foundation within them and that's the root. So because you're trying to self-soothe and, well, you never felt loved or, you know, cared for, you felt abandoned or something like that, that tends to be the root. And the branch that comes from that, what grows, is an addiction. So you're going to find something to help self-soothe, whether it's eating, you're, you know, you're, you're eating to self-soothe or you're going to you go into relationship after relationship just because you want to be with somebody or uh, you watch porn because it's a quick satisfaction and a dopamine hit. You know, and, and, you know, uh, I've heard, I heard somebody, uh, uh, a guy, when he was giving his testimony, he said when he was in his porn addiction, um, the people were always there that helped with the abandonment issues that he had. Because every time he'd go click on the site, they were always there for him. And they were always there to provide for him that dopamine fix that he needed to self-soothe. You know, so that's what got him hooked you know, to have that feeling, you know, after, you know, he, you know, handled what he handled. Um, and so some people, you know, when they are dealing with lust, you know, you, they got to get to the root, got to get to the root of the matter. Why, when, when did it start? Why are they doing this? You know, that, that takes self work that takes you, you know, having to do what you need to do to get that healed, uh, for deliverance, um, and to get that handled. Because I think as one of you said, you know, that, tends to spill over into the other areas of your life. You know, that type of addiction, as we've seen people who have alcohol addiction and drugs and whatnot, we see the rest of their life just in shambles. You know, so their relationships, romantic or platonic, family relationships, can't keep a job. One one guy I heard, he got fired from a job because they call him watching porn on the job. That's how bad it was because he just had to get it wherever he was and they done caught him on camera, child. Get, get in the feel. You know, and so... Um, and, and again, that goes into the discipline aspect, too. That's why, you know, you abstain and try to, you know, keep keep to yourself, you know. 
Uh, last thing I'll say, let you guys talk. Um, the scripture that came to my mind was 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Um, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version because Amplified Version kind of, it's a it's very wordy, but I like how it just expands it. Um, it says, run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thought or behavior, whether visual or written. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. So as we were talking about why, again, this goes into the last one, why it's important to wait? Because uh, you sin against your own body when you go into sexual morality, you know, and obviously the temple, this is God's temple. You know, this is the vessel in which God uses, not necessarily the flesh per se, but, you know, our spirit, you know, you want to make sure that the spirit is clean. You know, you're walking in the spirit and you're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. That's another verse, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to let you guys talk. <laughs> Amen, and I'm glad that you brought up that that uh, scripture because I believe I believe we've read that. You just quoted Ephesians, right? First Corinthians and Corinthians. that walking that walking the spirit, I think, was in. Because uh, I know in in all right, so I know in Ephesians they also talk about like the that the that uh, that the sinning again that it's worse because it's sinning against the flesh, like you're sinning against your own body with. Uh, those uh perverse uh, uh uh goodness man sexual immorality kind of deals <laughs> but um which tells you like how big of an issue that's been like forever but um i love that because like it's so true we we do tend to not think about the fact that like you are sinning against your own flesh like at the end of the day, you're hurting yourself. Right. And especially when it comes to, like, pornography. Like, this is how you know it's bad, right? When the world is telling, the world in all their evil ways are telling you what the Bible is saying, <laughs> you need to listen. <laughs> there is something seriously wrong when all these psychologists liberal arts so they're very liberal and most of them not god fearing mm -hmm. all of them are telling you stay away from porn very destructive have self-control over your sex over your sexual desires mm -hmm. they're all telling you this for a reason like there's a reason that god puts this stuff in the bible and tells us these things and gives us these commands because at the end of the day, everything is for our own good. And if we sit here and we decide to let our flesh take over and we're going to just do what we want perverse wise. You end up like Sodom and Gomorrah. That's an early on example in the Bible of what happens when you let your sexual desires overrun you. Two twin cities let their sexual desires overrun them to the point where it was homosexually run homosexuality running rampant all sorts of fornication rape all of that and god said this has gotten so bad i gotta just get rid of these cities and everybody in them there's no chance at redeeming any of them they're so far gone but if you look that's how it was like i talk about and when Rodney rejoins us, he can attest to this. I talk about before 
uh, some of the issues I had in the past because I was, I, 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 I come to the realization that um, before salvation, I was trapped. I was trapped within my own, uh, I was trapped within my own desires. Like I was truly a slave to the flesh, right? And to the point where I have literally gone to orgies before, right? And I remember telling Rodney one time that I went to one and I just couldn't do it. It had gotten so bad with everything. I just could not do it. It was a moment where I was like, I, this, it like, you could, you, you can feel it in the atmosphere, by the way. Mm. Like people want to talk about like, oh, well, spirits and stuff aren't real. No, no. You can feel that in the atmosphere. What they want to call energy are spirits. When you walk into a place and you could feel the atmosphere is just full of something, like full of sex, full of lust, full of all this. Man, y'all just created a stronghold. Y'all, y'all literally have just created a stronghold for this thing. And this can get it can get so overwhelming when you don't have any discipline because you believe that you can do whatever you want and that, you know, society tells you that all this is fine and nothing's wrong and you can lose yourself. Like I found myself feeling lost is the best way I can say it. It was like a fog, a haze. I was lost in the haze of my own uh, sexual perverseness. And literally the only thing that got me out was the whole Jesus. But while in that haze, it's, it's nothing but that around you. And you feel, you, you get to a point where you feel like this is all you can do. I'm talking about really being, I'm talking about really being a slave to this. You feel like this is all you have and this is all you can do. You get into a routine where you wake up every morning and you have to have this at this time of the day. Your body is waiting is because your body gets used to these things and it comes like alarm clock. Same as like your eating and sleeping habits, right? Your body knows typically when you eat and so it gets hungry at that time just because it's programmed to. It can do the same thing with sex and lust. If you always take care of yourself when you wake up, your body's going to be expecting you to do that in the morning. If you always around two o'clock in the afternoon go and meet up with, you know, uh, insert fake Brenda LaQuisha here. At that around that time, you're going to become aroused because your body's going to be expecting you to do that. And so what happens, you create a cycle. You create this loop where you're just running in the same circle of this same thing over and over again. And the more you run, it's like you're digging a hole at the same time. And the more you do it, the deeper you're going. And the harder it is to get out. And so you get to a point where you can't, you look around and you don't see anything anymore. You don't see light. All you see is the darkness. All you see is what you've been doing and what's around you. 
And so this is why it's so important for you, for everyone to have self-control and discipline. Because what I'm talking about is an extreme, but guess what? I lived it. So it's possible. It's not something that you can't, that, oh, it doesn't happen to people. I know a lot of people that are in this. And the reason they're in it is because this is what society teaches, especially for men. Society teaches us that, hey, man, you big dog. You're supposed to go catch as many bodies as you possibly can. Because this shows how good, first of all, it shows how much game you got. And it shows how much of a man you are, how many women you can get with. Like, it, we have to stop listening to what the world is saying and the standards of the world and start falling into alignment with the standards of the word are. I I was I was looking up statistics um, when it deals with pornography, and one of the ones that I saw. Hold on, let me find it again. Um, here it is. Okay, so I was looking up statistics. Um, let's see. So it says one in five youth pastors and one in seven senior pastors use porn on a regular basis. And currently struggling. That's more than 50,000 U.S. church leaders. Uh, 43% of senior pastors and youth pastors say they have struggled with pornography in the past. Um, And only 7% of pastors report their church has a ministry program for those who are struggling with it. 7%? Okay. Okay. Um, Another one, um, when it comes to marriage, 68% of divorce cases involve one party meeting a new lover over the Internet. 56% involved one party having, quote unquote, an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. 70% of wives of sex addicts could be diagnosed with PTSD. Prolonged exposure to pornography leads to diminished trust between intimate couples, belief that uh, promiscuity is a natural state, lack of attraction to family and child raising. And a 2014 study found that compulsive pornography users had greater impairments of sexual arousal and erectile difficulties in intimate relationships, but not with but not with sexually explicit materials. So let's 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 dive in here. okay? So, people who get into it, now, mind you, there's a couple of reasons, but I, I guess one of the top reasons is you just want the excitement just to see, you know, whatever, right? Get that dopamine fix. But as you consume that more and more, right, as we said, it does start affecting other aspects of your life. And when we spoke, talk about it in the marriage relationship instance, like, you can't even probably have a healthy, godly marriage, because you're so clouded, as I said before, like you can't even properly perform with within covenant how it was supposed to be done, because that's all that you've consumed so much in excess that it unclouded your brain and in in how you view it to where, as you said earlier, Mike, like you, that's that's what you think it should be, you know, and you know when when a lot of people, as you said, the world even says don't do it. Don't watch it, you know, and, and obviously, um, they also said that, you know, a lot of the different, like the most popular, um, things, as you said, was like hardcore stuff, like aggression, violent acts, 
you know, oh, yeah. and whatnot. And so then you start taking that type of stuff and then you want to go try it. Uh, you wind up in jail. <laughs> Remember, this is not something that's real. That's a, that's the thing that really needs to hit. It's not real. It's acting. It is acting. OK, the way in which she acting and the way in which she moving, child, acting and some of them on drugs. Some of them are high while they're performing. Uh, some of them not even in their sober mind, you know. So, like, it's just like if you can really think of that, like, it's not real. It's all acting. And that's what you're consuming and that's what you hooked on as to now you're trying to make that your reality in your view and think, oh, that's how it should be. Well, how come she ain't doing it? Um, Because she shouldn't be doing all of that because that's not even real in the first place. So, you know, um, and there are people who are in counseling, who are in marriage counseling, who are having struggles, as you said, about the comparison, you know, and, and trying to deal with this. Now, mind you, let's also, okay, unpopular opinion. It's not always men. Women deal with porn addiction, too. You know, so even though we hear more about men who have it, no, no, there are some women who are down bad as well, who have addiction as well, and whom, again, the comparison. And they're watching it, and they're trying to figure out. And um, one of the reasons I've heard, because some women watch it because they know men watch it. And so they're trying to learn. They trying to learn how to bend over and, 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 and flip over and do cartwheels and, and do all these acrobatics and whatnot because they think that's what the guy wants. And unfortunately, that is what some guys want, but obviously it's skewed. You know, so now you got women out here hurting themselves, trying to do excessive, uh, impossible things and, you know, all to kind of get the attention or to, to kind of uh, compare to or try to be able to do that which, you know, you think he's seen you know so it's very messed up very messed up and that is why it should not be you know but again we always uh, again we go to pornography and that's like the big quote quote on big one but even like on social media oh my goodness you just be scrolling and it's near soft porn you know you you see somebody done posted a very risque photo now mind you Social media, some sites do have their, you know, their guidelines and whatnot as to what you can post and whatnot. But, child, Man, please, they, they, they be cutting real close. Huh? They selling sex on social media. Do, they especially are. during the as pandemic. As close as they can. What? As close as they can. OnlyFans. Huh? OnlyFans is not even just for the, the sexually explicit. There are some people on there who trying to have a little cooking show, who trying to teach you how to crochet, you know, and stuff like that. But <laughs> that blew up. In a sexually explicit way, and there are some women in whom I, I remember I saw this woman saying how, you know, she didn't want to do the nine to five anymore because she was making money doing OnlyFans. Like you, 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 you're using your body and doing all this type of stuff and exposing yourself over the internet. It doesn't go away. And and you're just like, mm, this is how I can make money. I ain't gotta be do nothing but that, please. And that's what it is. So it's like that didn't help at all you know and i and and then i remember also hearing guys in whom well now the question is oh well would you date a girl in whom did had only fans da, 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 you know so most yeah, guys are not. saying heck no i would not what what what's wrong you yeah, watch oh. them you you no no you watch them and these other videos and whatnot and, and you're getting excited over that but you wouldn't date a girl who does it why not 
because that comes with something. You don't like that because that comes with a negative connotation because let's go back, self-control and discipline. Huh? It's all so right that, when they don't see that we doing it. But right. When everybody knows that you on that. Yeah, it's not. That's when you don't. Right. It's okay. Person. It's okay for you to watch it and to indulge in it, but you wouldn't marry her, but you wouldn't get with her. Why is that? You know, so, uh, yeah, like this child, it's, 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 it's crazy out here. And then I think even with music, my God, it's gotten more explicit. Now, mind you, back in the day, as you relate earlier, you know, the R&B from back in the day, a, a, a good portion of it was just loving, you know, loving on your person, you know, being, you know, caring and being romantic and whatnot. These days, child, every other song. Telling you how you can do what you can to do what you do and, and, and what it can be and what it can't be. And I can do this and I can fit. The, what? No, no, no. no. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's, it's it's pornography in the lyrics, too. You know, like it, it it's porn music, you know, too. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 everywhere. But as you said, it's important to, you know, guard your eyes and your ears. Because obviously that stuff can get into you and start getting into your your, your thought process and in your mind, you know, and uh, you start trying to curiosity, you know, start trying to indulge in little by little what they say, little leaven, leaven up the whole lump and child. Some people got a bakery out here, you know, so. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up the that uh that we always talk about the men but women also deal with this as well mm-hmm. yeah so we talked about this no we didn't talk about this so i've talked about this with uh, a group of friends before some of which being women right mm-hmm. and we had a conversation one night where we all had a gathering at the house and we talked about how the the proliferation of porn with women has caused them to be unhappy in their own relationships and unsatisfied. And I had one of the girls ask, well, how is that? You know, you know, X and X and X, like, y'all do it too. And we're like, yeah. And the men technically aren't satisfied in their relationships with it as well. But he said, with women, they get, you know, you guys learn to do things with your body. The women will play with certain, I'm not speaking of you specifically, Christina, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> they start to you use certain toys to help you out. Like I know I heard that this they say there's something a rose that's out apparently. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about was you end up with a dude and he can never satisfy you because you've overstimulated yourself to where the only thing that can get you off now is that toy that you got. Because your body done got used to it and right. desensitized. Desensitized to feeling except for that hyper that hyper stimulation that comes with using an artificial uh, an artificial tool. Uh, tool. Right? And so now your sex life with your husband, if you have one, right? It takes for it takes a negative turn because now he can never satisfy you. And what happens after that? Well, he can't satisfy you in the bed. You start to grow resentful because he can't do this right for me. And now your next thing you know, you're leading to cheating or just so straight up mm-hmm. to a divorce. Yeah. Why? Because y'all couldn't, you couldn't control your lust. And I know we're talking about the 
horn again, but I think this is such a big part of controlling your lust right now. This is such a major aspect of why we have an issue with lust right now and controlling ourselves. Besides the fact that this is just a hypersexualized society that we live in right now. And I really, really, I'm not going to lie, I am really envious of Eastern culture. <laughs> because Western culture is hypersexualized. And Eastern culture isn't. Mm. Like, you go to, like, ah, oh man, I love African countries, man. They don't, they want the money from the U.S. They want nothing to do with our culture mm. at all. They see the hypersexualization. They want nothing to do with it at all. And if you look, when you have families that come over here from Eastern cultures like Africans or uh Asians, Middle Easterns, they have the self-control and typically they're not the ones that are super promiscuous. Now, you got some kids that, you know, have parents that were not, you know, strict on them or whatever like they normally would be. And those kids might grow up to be like that. But typically they have the values and the self-control where they don't allow what's going on in this culture to affect them and bring them along that path. Yeah. And so I find myself being kind of envious of a lot of them because I'm like, man, like, y'all culture is where it's at, you know? Like, I I, that's, I wish that for myself, and I definitely want that for, like, because I think of things as far as having children, and that's what I want for my kids. I'm going to be real with you. I do not look forward to raising my kids in this culture. This has no. to change. No, not at all. This is about, like, this is going to make for a difficult parenting job, a very difficult parenting job, because you're, co- you're going to be parenting your kids counter to what the rest of the nation is doing and telling you. You're going to be parenting your kids counter to what the government and the school system is trying to push on them. Oh, and speaking of schools, man... School is part of the problem with this, uh, was part of the problem with some of this sex stuff. They've gotten so loose with what they say in schools and teach, um, especially when it comes to like sexual education. Now, I don't know how about things are up there with y'all, Christina. <laughs> in the East Coast? But down here in the South, where we're a little more conservative. A lot of that stuff doesn't rock. But I found that, first off, I found that when I was in Michigan, they started indoctrinating us with sexual education when we were in, like, second grade. Second? I remember, I think, sixth grade. No, it started with us in elementary school. I remember having being in second uh-huh. grade, having to bring that paper home to my mom and her Ooh. telling me and her not, her telling them uh, opting out. I'll teach my kid that stuff when they're ready. Remember kids talking about dudes talking about what's what sperm looks like and what it and how it is and all that. Like afterwards, and I'm sitting and little kids, and now looking back, I'm like, yo, they was wilding. Yep, that was me in sixth grade. Um, like from my school went from fourth to eighth grade, right? And when I was in fourth and fifth grade, everyone knew by the time you got to sixth grade, you talk about sex. You know, so obviously all the kids are, you know, giggling and whatnot, laughing and talking about it. But what came with that was when they talk about it, it was said from the older kids 
that you watch a movie pretty much a, a documentary or something that teaches you about sex so you know you know the the parts the different parts the male parts the woman parts and how a baby is formed you know and i remember when my time came in sixth grade you know i remember the day you were like all right we're gonna watch the movie and everyone was all laughing and all that stuff and we had to bring a paper home to let the parent know hey we're gonna be watching this just want to let you know what it's about and uh, if you want your child to watch it, cool. If not, cool, you know. Uh, but I had to bring that paper home, you know. Um, but, yeah, there's some, you know, and that's what I remember from, you know, I was, I'm not that old, but that's what I remember from my childhood and when I started hearing it in school. But now, you know, not to kind of go off topic, but there's other things that are being taught to young kids about, you know, just, you know, the – LGBTQIA community and just the struggle for that to be teaching, you know, now there's other ways in which, you know, you go about spreading love and, you know, how that goes and whatnot. Now you got to teach, oh, well, you know, Adam and Steve can't have a kid, but, you know, they can always adopt or whatnot. Like, why are you teaching that to a kid? You know, um, I mean, teaching at all, but teaching to a kid, you know, so. Yeah, it's 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 just as I've seen, and I'm pretty sure, you know, our parents have seen like this generation and time is just getting worse and worse. But it is nothing new because that's what the Bible said it would be, you know. It just the world will be getting wickeder and wickeder, growing deceitful and desperately wicked, you know, the heart. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Rodney, you have any comments on all of this? Oh, I didn't even see you were gone. Okay. Yeah, no, he he's been gone for a minute. Oh. But yeah, yeah, it's um you know, back to like the topic, like just controlling it is just it's 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 one of those e- I think it's one of the easiest sins to fall into. Stealing, you know, you contemplating a little bit, you know, about if you want to go into a store and steal a candy bar, you know, you you looking at the cameras, you looking around, you you know, you looking real suspect or whatever. You know, but when it comes to to lust, all you got to do is see a picture. All you got to do is click. All you got to do is scroll, you know. That's one of those that's one of those sins that you commit in your mind before anything. Right. You just got to see it with your eyes and your mind already does it. Right. And that gets that gets into it. I I saw another scripture. um, Let me see if I can find it. It was speaking about Job and it said Job made covenant with his eyes because he said that he didn't want to lust. After a woman, hold on, let me see if I can find that exact. Ah, Job's such a righteous man. Ah, Joby, Joby, Job. Let me see. Oh, child's the first verse in <laughs> Job thir- 31? Yep, 31 and 1. Um, let me see. Uh, that man set the bar high, though. Yep. Um, I'm going to just read. Um, let me see which version. Let me read. Well, yep, I mean, all the versions pretty much, but saying that, you know, I've made covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. That's the first verse. And he was like, no, I I gotta, gotta make sure my eyes are are right. You know, your eye offendy, pluck it out. That's that's what the Bible says. Yeah. But see, he understood, though. That's because he he had the understanding of, like, if your eye... If you don't get your eyes under control first, your body's going to follow. Because your body's going to respond to what your eye sees. Oh, yeah? You know, like, 
you don't just randomly sporadically i mean you do sometimes but throughout the day you're not just randomly sporadically going getting hot and heavy like yeah i gotta have this i gotta have it. no you're it's a response it's a stimulus so we call it stim- you know in psychology we talk about that all the time about different stimuli um and like the things you see lust wise is a stimuli so you're looking at something and it stimulated you to, it stimulated your body because your eye saw something that it wanted Right. Right. And and uh the other verse, I guess one of the quote unquote popular ones, um reading the amplified version again. Uh this is Matthew five verse twenty eight. Uh it says I'm gonna read the amplified version. Uh but I say to you that everyone who so much as looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. With her in his heart. And and my question is, okay, I, 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 as I read it, the question has popped in my mind. Like, it says to, that everyone who so as much looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. How come he didn't flip it to say, well, if a woman looks on a man in lust, that she committed adultery in her heart for him? Like, why is it just towards like a man because i feel like that goes both ways because good god almighty again women lust too you know <laughs> and uh you know we, we we we've seen some things in, in culture women in whom you know they doing things in which would is not would is sexual harassment oh no my goodness because my goodness a lot at work and that's unfortunate because let's 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 talk about it there are some things in which some women be doing on social media for intention, for clout, whatever the case may be, or you just hear these stories. And if the tables were turned, it would be lock him up, throw him under the jail. Canceled. Huh? Canceled. Done. Pervert. You know? But when women do it, ain't nobody really batting an eye. You know, you, you laughing it off. Women talking about some, oh, you know, grabbing up on a man and grabbing in his area and stuff like that. Um, what? Because at the tables were turned, child, you be uh, canceled. <laughs> you know, so, like, I, I, I look at that verse. I'm just like, how come it's not like, because it says everyone. Everyone, I'm including man, man, man and female, you know, man and woman. So why, why, why does it only say, like, him to her, you know, not every, every okay. You get what I mean. Um, I, but I yeah. can't answer that specific. I can't answer because I won't know what was in Jesus' mind when he said that. But I can. I know. Speculate. I know. Uh, yes, we're speculating. Yeah, I can that's speculate just, you know. that. Yes, mm-hmm. we are in an unprecedented time now, where mm. the woman sexual empowerment has put us in a time like no other, where women are now openly being promiscuous and doing these things, whereas before they were not. Especially if you look in biblical days. They weren't doing stuff like that because they were the ones to get stoned first. Yeah. When it yeah. came to those offenses, they were they were more harshly treated. So it was uncommon to find a woman who was thinking that way and that didn't have as much self-control, whereas it was the men who had to be taught and work on self-control so much. Also, I would say this. Men being the 
appointed head of the house by God, mm. right? And all of these things cannot afford to fall into lust because you're in a point of leadership. Yeah. Whereas if the whereas if the woman falls into a cycle or a point of love, she falls into lust that way, she can be led out of it. But if the husband falls prey to it, his wife can't lead him out of it because he's supposed to be the leader. Mm-hmm. So, so where he leads, his household goes. Okay, so what would you, in your opinion, for those in whom may be listening and are dealing with an addiction uh, to pornography or they're struggling with, you know, uh, indulging in their flesh and whatnot, what would you tell to them? And also, what would you, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not married, but just, you know, as a perspective, you know, amen. Listen, I'm married. Uh, I'm just not married yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but to those in whom, as I read the statistics, the one who, you know, the one party and who may be going through it and the other one, like what, what would you kind of tell them or what would your thoughts be on, you know, how, okay, let me, let me rephrase the question. Uh-huh. What would you do if, you know, your, your, your wife was, you know, had an addiction or whatever the case may be, um, and obviously you're, you know, you're married and whatnot. How would you go about that? You know, obviously you're being the party, you know, dealing with that. And you're married. The two shall become one. And things are magnified, you know. So what would you do? So and if she has an addiction to pornography, right? Yeah. Lust, pornography. Yeah. Lust or pornography, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first things first, right? Um, First things first, if I know about it, perfect, because that means that, well, hopefully that means she's talked to me about it. Or it can mean that I just found out because I caught her or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first things first is we're going to go seek counseling because nothing can be healed or get better while people are in the dark about it, while they're trying to keep it secret. Mm-hmm. Um, secrets. Secrets tear things apart. Secrets tear relationships apart. They tear a lot of things apart. Being Nothing good becomes being secretive. You know, it says confess your sins one to another, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, first things that is we get counseling. The next step is it depends on our relationship with them. Now, my relationship with my apostles is like this. I'm going and I'm talking with my apostles. We're, we are going and talking with our apostles or pastors. Mm. Um to get spiritual counseling from them and advice on what to do. The next thing I would say for me personally is we got to start fasting more. Mm. And why is that, Brother Marshall? So fasting requires you to deprive your flesh of what it wants in order for you to grow in spirit and pursue God. Mm-hmm. So for me, if we have a problem where one of us is addicted, our flesh is controlling us in an addiction, then we need to not. So then for me, what I believe on this is 
we shouldn't be indulging the flesh and to combat that is to deprive the flesh of what it wants and to fill that with the spirit of God. Because de- de- depriving the flesh by itself, by you saying, I'm going to go cold turkey and we're going to come up with this plan, that's nice and all, but the flesh is still going to be desiring. It's going to have a hole left there that you that wants to be filled, that you were filling with whatever you was that you were addicted to. So right. let's say lust, right, and, and pornography, whatever. By filling that with the Spirit of God, by filling that with worship and by seeking out God and His presence, you you eliminate you you start to eliminate that problem to where now your flesh isn't as much in control and when you start getting that feeling it's naturally for you to run into the presence of god right right and so that's those are the two things i would recommend well i'm sorry that was three the three things i would recommend um not necessarily in that order i think for me personally we would start fasting immediately and then go <laughs> seek counseling because it might take you a while to get into a counselor's office. But the mm-hmm. fasting, probably the first thing to do in the phone calls will be the second thing. And then speaking to the apostles or pastors would be a third. But and it also depends on how bad the situation is. Right. Um, because, you know, I, I've always because I don't believe in divorce. Right. So I've talked about the whole if my wife ever cheated on me kind of deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, Lord knows, God, you know me. You know your listen, son. Listen, you can't listen. I, I, you I can't, can't control her. You can't I, I, control. She's gonna do it. She's gonna do it. Lord, don't don't make me a don't make me a Hosea, Lord, because because <laughs> uh, then because then your son might have to catch a charge. But uh, oh god. Oh. <laughs> but but, uh, but what but you know what comes with that? I mean, as I just said, you cannot control the person, but you're hoping praying fasting that the person in whom you get with has that mindset to do their very utmost best to not want to do something like that you know mm-hmm. and um i'm gonna tell a real, really really quick 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 story my mother when she met my dad um she she had this uh this thing where and i, I still keep it to this day she said when she met my dad and saw how he was growing in Christ and whatnot, that it helped her not to have to worry about certain things, right? She said, you know, he got saved, and, you know, he's living for God, and, you know, being led by the Spirit and whatnot. And she said she didn't have to worry about it. It didn't even really cross her mind that he would be stepping out on her or that he would cheat or he would disrespect her or anything like that because she trusted that the God in whom he gave his life to that he was convicted enough, just, again, we're judging the fruit, you know, that, that you know, is bare, you know. And she's she said that just by watching his lifestyle and how seriously he took his, his walk with God, that she didn't have to worry about those type of things because she knew that first and foremost, he has a conviction and that he answers to God first, you know, to not do certain things, you know, obviously. And then because of that, it benefited her, you know. So, <laughs> yes, no one wants to be a Hosea, um, but I think that's very important to, you know, that's why it's, again, very important in whom you marry because that's not, a, a like, it's not something to play with. Till death do part, covenant under God, like, that's that's nothing to play with, you know. So, 
again, I guess that also goes with the unequally yoked thing too, that you're getting with someone who has a similar mindset as you, you know, you're not the same, same person, but you know, and the things that are important, you have the same mindset. And one of those things is, well, you know, when it comes to faithfulness that I don't, I, I, I couldn't even imagine me doing something like that because first and foremost, I answer to God who is the head of my life. And because I live the way that I do, you know, trying to please him and whatnot and, and trying to live according to the word, that's, you know, that's deception. That's lying. That goes, you know, it's a lot of things. And that would be me, you know, sinning against God. And then because of that, also, that goes to hurting the person in whom I'm with, you know. So I'm not even thinking I would do something like that, you know. So I think that's important, too. But again, you know. Praying, fasting, believing that you get with somebody in whom <laughs> is, is uh, you know, same mindset, not to even, you know, it wouldn't even cross their mind to want to do something like that. Right. Um, like I said, we live in this, the, the world we live in, and everybody, you know, there's so much of this infidelity stuff going on. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm it's almost that, glorified like, in a way. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look how much you see it on television. Right, right. That, that should tell you something like that. The there. drama, the drama. Look how many things you see, and oh, it's scandalous. Look at all these Tyler Perry things. Like, mm-hmm. not trying to call him out specifically, but it's on a lot of his stuff. Um, but like, it's it's there, and like I said, I don't believe in divorce, even though I know people will use that uh, scripture. And I think Mark, I want to say. Which one are you referring to? I want to say in Mark, like Mark 6 or 5, something like that, where he's talking about, like, you know, the uh, where he basically says, like, he don't do divorce except if it's, like, for basically, like, infidelity or whatever or sexual immorality, something like that. I I personally, I listen, oh, God I, didn't I, design. I see Matthew 19.9. There we go. Okay. Let's see. Look, I'm off. It's in the gospel, okay? It started yeah, with an M. Yeah. <laughs> yes it did yes it did um but he uh he didn't design marriage to be for divorce and he even said it in there when he said that uh you know moses said the pharisee said moses said you know give a uh give her a, uh moses gave us a a letter of divorcement and we could write her off and he said moses basically he i'm paraphrasing he said basically moses did that because y'all was so hard-headed and wouldn't leave him alone is what i got from it Moses did that only for that reason. But God didn't make it to for that. It says in the word that they become one flesh. You're not separated if you become one. You know what it takes to separate something that is one? Oh, I think I saw somebody. They did a demonstration like that and they took two pieces of paper and put glue Gorilla glue, super glue, and t- glued them together. Let it sit and try to peel it, and you clearly see each paper has a part of the other paper on it. Damaged. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're destroyed at the point where you tear it apart. It's not. It's never going to be yeah. a clean. It's not clean, and it's it's very damaging. Um, it's not meant to be torn apart. That's why you say, "Well, God puts together, let no man, you know, separate." Um. So in that, I don't believe in marriage, e- or divorce, even if something like that happens. My future wife, you know, God forbid, she makes the biggest mistake of cheating on me. Um, we not getting divorced. 
we're not getting divorced. Let's, it's just plain up. There's going to be a lot of work that's got to get done now in this relationship because of the betrayal and the loss of trust. But we're not getting divorced. And I pray and one of my prayers is that God, you know, when it comes to that time when he sends that woman that, you know, keeps getting prophesied to me, that she has the same mentality. <laughs> that, nah, there is no out. Like, I take my word very seriously. And I take my word to God even more seriously than I take it to anybody else. Mm. So if I vow to you and I include God in the vow saying that until death do us part, then that's what it is. Because at the end of the day, what that is, is me coming in and making a contract with you and telling God, hey, I swear this before you. This is the contract I'm making with her. And also, when you look, and Paul says it in Ephesians 5, right? At the end of Ephesians 5, and he says, you know, this is uh, when he's telling husbands to love your wives, for Christ loved the church and gave his body for her, and this is the mystery that uh, of, of, the, uh, of marriage is a reflection of Christ in, in the church. Christ isn't getting divorced from the church. Christ isn't ripping himself away from the church. So if we're supposed to be reflecting that in our marriage, how can you divorce the person you're with? Are you going to divorce yourself from Christ? Do you want Christ to divorce himself from you? Oh, no, 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 no. So like, it's like, if it's said in the word that your marriage is supposed to mirror Christ in the church, then there is no separation. Once y'all come together, that's it. Whatever problems y'all got, man, y'all better learn and work with it. I had a pair of pastors before, and Rodney's met these pastors. They shared with us one time that there was like a three-year gap in their marriage where they couldn't stand each other. Huh. Can you imagine that? Three years living in a house, you can't stand your spouse, got kids together and everything, mm. and they worked through it. They work through it, love each other madly, love each other, but for three years couldn't stand each other. Most people are trying to get a divorce if they can't stand each other for three weeks. Right, let alone. Let's throw it away. I don't like you anymore. We can't. We can't look at things like that. It's this is a permanent thing you're doing. This isn't a temporary thing when you sign up for it, and so. Even if she were to cheat or something like that, we gonna have a lot of work to do. But it's not it's not a case where we not uh, where we getting divorced. We, we 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 together. We in this. You got a problem. That means I got a problem. I think David said it when we were on the podcast, and he was like, "Well, he said, and he said this, and I was like, I can't necessarily agree." Until he started to explain more of it, and he was like, "Well, you know, some of the things you got to ask if she cheats is." What exactly was your part in her cheating? Or if he cheats is, what exactly was your part in him cheating? And it's not necessarily to say that all the time you're going to have something to blame because some people might just have something, you know, they might just decide this is that they, what they want to do. But the majority of the time when there's infidelity in relationship is because there was something that was missing from the relationship. Or, or, uh, who did I, um, or 
it's unspoken expectations. That good old premarital counseling will help you a lot. Mm-hmm. And and I have heard some testimonies from it, and I think also um my, my uncle David, <laughs> um uncle he Red. Uh, uncle Red, he uh he said that you know for him and his wife it was mandatory to do it, and I think within that counseling is when you relay everything on the table, and that also goes with expectations that you may have, whether financial roles within the house, sex expectations. Everything, because that will better prepare you to understand who you about to make covenant with, you know. Thanks. So, yeah. And, and also, I also believe that, you know, a part of the infidelity is now sometimes, yes, it was the, uh, the, the, the victim, I would say. It's not their fault because, again, you can't control the other person. And other person may just, you know, want to do what they want to do. And no type of, you know, uh, no type of blame on the person. Um, but. I also believe that's a lack of communication too, because it led to get to a point to where, you know, you're not communicating effectively. It's not just even talking effective communication and comprehension, you know, that something was missing. And I think that goes with the expectations, you know, and, and, you know, person decided, well, you know, I'm not getting what I'm getting or whatever the case may be. You didn't share that with your, your spouse. And it's like, well, I'm going to go venture and try to find it somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's within, obviously, reason, of course, you know. But, yeah, so. No, nah, most definitely. I don't know how we got on this subject, but you know what? We rolling. <laughs> <laughs> we we clearly going at this right now. Man. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's very, it's, oh, my goodness, it's very important just as I said earlier, just hearing testimonies from um, men. I haven't really heard any testimonies from women per se, um, but I've heard a lot of testimony from men and stories about them going through addiction, uh, pornography addiction and whatnot. Um, I even heard a story about a guy who was in the industry and he wound up um, becoming a believer and just him telling his story, his journey, and how he really had to deal with shame feeling dirty, you know, for not just watching it, being in it, you know, having your coworkers, you know, and whatnot. And then also knowing that family and friends know what you do. And some people have seen what you do, you know, it's on the internet, it's forever, you know, but now you are a believer in Christ, you know, and you got to live with the fact that, well, you did what you did. So there's some consequences that come. And, and that's another thing, like with this particular thing, like you wind up doing certain things, and those consequences haunt you for the rest of your life. You know, it may not necessarily be pregnancy per se, but that is definitely one. But there are some consequences that come from indulging in certain things for a very long time. Uh, not even a long time, but just indulging in it. And they can haunt you for the rest of your life, you know. Um, but I will say I, I'm, I'm elated to hear that there are people who are willing to do the work. That they know they have a problem. There's some people who they know and they're not honest with themselves. But there are some people in whom, you know, they give the testimony that it clicked for them one day. They were like, yeah, no, nah, I got to get this fixed. Right. I got to get this handled. Like, this this ain't it. I remember one guy, he said what clicked for him was the fact that he got caught. His mother caught him. <laughs> His mother caught him watching. And he was like, nah, this this is the this down bad, down bad. I can't do this no more. You know? Um, and so just to get to a point where there are people who do know but I was, as, as I said earlier 
trying to figure out the root as to why they indulge in pornography and why they have the addiction, you know, is important. Um, and then obviously you do the counseling, you do the work that you need to do. Um, I heard somebody say, you know, there's people using a metaphor, um, you know, you break your ankle or your leg and you go through physical therapy. There are some people who would rather deal with the limp and settle with the limp than actually doing the work through the, the rehabilitation to walk normally again. You know, so there's some people who rather just deal with the addiction and be like, well, it is what it is instead of doing the work that they need to do to combat it, fight the flesh, fast, pray, um, take certain things away. The things in which, you know, are triggering you things in which you can't do by yourself. You know, you know, good and well, you start listening to this particular song, you know, good and well, if you go on this particular app that you're going to be seeing things, you know, when you go to this particular place or hang out with this particular person hello, you know, that there's some, there's some things that's going to trigger you, you know, like you got to do the work. If you're serious about it, you're going to do the work, you know, and just hearing the testimonies, everybody is happy that they did it. It was tough. It was work, but they came out of it so much better to where now they can say, you know, I'm following Christ, you know, um, that, you know, they're, they're living for God that, you know, they still have urges and whatnot, but it's better handled because they're really walk, trying to walk in the spirit. They have the accountability that they have, the accountability partners. That's another thing we need to talk about with um, one of the things that you can do if you find yourself struggling, making sure you have accountability. Like, there, listen, if you got to have a group chat, if you got to have somebody who you trust, a pastor, a counselor, a leadership, a friend, who, uh, whoever can help you that, you, that leads properly, obviously, and, and who you trust to hold you accountable, you know, to, to, to be there. That support system is very important because you can't do it alone, you know, um, to really help them out with it. But everyone comes out, you know, just, you know, fighting day to day and their quality of life is tremendously blessed. And again, every aspect of their life gets better. Their relationships get better. Some of them actually get married. You know, they have kids and, you know, they're, they're, they're walking and trying to fight it and, you know, because they don't want it to affect the marriage or, you know, them raising their kids and stuff. So, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely, um, a hot topic. <laughs> Glad we spoke on it, you know, but these are some of those things that just need to be discussed because it, it are people, there are people in whom are quiet about it, who are hiding it, who, um, you know, they're fighting a silent battle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're drowning in it, you know, but to know that there is hope in Christ that, you know, you are not alone. There are there are hundreds, thousands, millions of people who are going through this. And I'm speaking as, as a believer um, who are struggling with this, but understanding that, you know, Christ loves you, you know, that he died on the cross for you for that that very sin that that the, that um, the love struggle. And infidelity, uh, and infidelity, and anything like that that goes underneath lust, you know that he handled it on the cross, and it's just it's just our job to accept what he did, and to you know walk in the spirit and you know receive that, and you know do what we got to do. So. I'm so glad you said that, cause like, you know, even like you said with stuff with apps, you know, I had to delete Instagram off my phone for that reason. Listen, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do I, you gotta I deleted do. that back in March before you even went on a cruise. Cause I realized first off I said, yo, this is, I told them it was just taking too much time 
um, off of my hands. Like I go down like rabbit holes and be on Instagram for hours just scrolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but set and I was like, okay, so that makes it an idol. But secondly, I was like, the only thing that's on Instagram is comedy reels, which I love, mm-hmm. and half naked women. And I found that I was on the latter more than the former. Mm. And so I had to remove that. And as far as accountability goes, like, it's so true. Like, you're not, like, I hate to say it this way, but you can't, you're not going to get through this alone. Right. When it comes to this particular thing, this is something you got to have somebody else in your corner for. Somebody else praying for you. Somebody else, you know, calling to check up on you. Somebody else that it the, now that they've been praying for you, the Holy Spirit will alert them when they need to make a phone call to, to check on you. Right. Like, I made sure that me and Rodney are like that with each other. I also made sure that me and your Uncle Red like that. <laughs> because I realized that when it came down to it, I needed somebody that was going to be in the spirit that was going to call me the way I call Rodney about it. <laughs> yep. Like, the same way that Rodney has to deal with me a lot of the time when, like, the Holy Spirit presses in my heart, call Rodney, start praying about this, this, and this. Is the same way your uncle do me. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's almost kind of infuriating because I feel like, man, there ain't nothing that you don't see is there. <laughs> All up in my business. <laughs> All up in my business. But it is it is to save you. Exactly. You. It is to save. So I have one other question, right? Mm. Do you feel like, and we talked about all this mess in marriage and everything, right? Mm. Do you feel like watching pornography is, is a form of cheating? Mm, good question. Um, me personally, yes. Because I know what it can turn into. I know that um, I've heard, you know, there are couples that use it to enhance their uh, their marriage bed. Um, but yeah, no I don't think, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't I don't think that's a good teacher because we just said it. It's not real. It's some crazy debauchery that be on it, you know, and it's just like it's not it's not healthy, you know. So I I don't think you know it's the best thing to be watching you know at all but the fact that you're you're watching it and you're seeing other women in a form in which you shouldn't be if you can help it hello because i mean if we live in our day-to-day you drive in and you see a billboard with a woman in a bikini i can't you can't help that you know but you can help that you clicked and typed and scrolled and clicked and typed and scrolled you know um yeah. But I think I think I think it's disrespectful to the person whom you committed to and the aspect of being faithful and whatnot. Like we know what type what what it can do, you know. So you start as I said when I read those statistics earlier, like them statistics show that it is damaging to a marriage to for, for for to be watching it and just what it does. It said it said the women in whom have uh, husbands who are addicts can be diagnosed of having PTSD. I don't know exactly how that go, but, you know, that's that's crazy to get to that type of thing. So um, that I know how serious it is and what it can turn into. And, again, as I said, I feel like it's disrespectful, you know, uh, to be kind of – I feel like it's going behind the person back because that obviously mo- – mostly cheating, you ain't going to let the person know. Um, 
but to be doing like watching it and whatnot, you know, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me. So I tend to agree with you on this. So I know a lot of people that are on both sides of this fence, right? Mm-hmm. And I got a guy I know who, you know, just had it getting got married and everything, and he said the first thing his girl said because she's traditional, she's uh, African, um, family's from France and everything, and she she told him she was like, no. I don't ever want to catch you watching that. If you feel like you horny, you tell me. Hello, you're married. You, know, you got this. You tell me. Come on, that's, that's, that. that's what I'm here for. Right. Huh? So okay. <laughs> my thing is, I tend to agree with that line of thinking because at the end of the day, um, we are for each other. We are one. Right. You know, it tells you not to withhold yourself from each other in the you world unless you tempt yours. the other. <laughs> for infidelity right. mm-hmm. and i do feel like it's cheating because you are literally you are literally pleasing yourself off of somebody else that's not me mm. so you're literally looking at that guy and imagining sleeping with him in your head and if i do yeah. it i'm literally looking at that girl and imagining i'm with her and like you said i have to make the effort to go in there and type in big busty beautiful biker babes look at the alliteration (laughs) wow wow (laughs) wow um but you have to like that's an effort that you're putting out it's not like it just flashed across the scene like i said the billboard right yeah it's not a sex scene in a movie you made the effort to go out of your way and do this to please yourself pull up the computer click on google chrome click on safari click on google (laughs) click on incognito oh sorry (laughs) let me put that make sure you put on the incognito and then you go into the search bar type in what you type in and to type some more and click and scroll until you find what you're looking for you know like come on now that's a lot that's a lot of effort and a lot of intentionality in that um there's something that you said oh i want to ask you a question so I've heard that, oh, you know, you shouldn't think it's, you know, anything to do with you to feel like, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, why? Start questioning yourself. Oh, why they got to watch that? Am I not good enough? Da, 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 all this stuff. What do you say to that? Okay, so here's what I say to that, right? So there are instances where you can drive your partner into doing that. For example, I know a lot of times from what I hear from dudes that, when they do get married down the line, their wife doesn't want to have sex anymore and she starts holding out Mm. or what she starts doing is kind of like guilting him when she does do it by behaving like it's a chore and that she doesn't want to do it. So he don't want to ask her. And so he got to go figure out on his own at that point. I, at that point it is a you problem because you are now withholding what you're supposed to be giving freely to him because your flat, your body is not your own. And that's on both of your accounts. Your body is not your own. So when you start withholding from them and everything, and this is kind of like what, what Rhett was coming up with when he said, like, you got to look at yourself and see what you contributed towards that. Like, if you're sitting here going, I don't want to give him none. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I'm too tired. I'm not giving him none. And you ain't done nothing for like a couple weeks straight. And you think he's just about to keep sitting around here built up wanting his wife and can't have her? Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Is wrong in his part, but you, but you definitely pushed him down that path. And even when it comes to even infidelity, 
you can push somebody down that path. They can be as strong as they want. But if y'all not having sex because you want to hold out or for whatever reason, and let's say y'all go months at a time without doing it, and now y'all fighting and arguing over it because it's causing a point of tension in your marriage. So now y'all having tension in the marriage and fights and you're not having sex and it's been months and he got this young secretary intern at the job. That's giving him attention. With the red dress with the slit up the thigh. Not the dress with the slit. <laughs> and it starts tempting him. My Lord. It's setting him up to fall. Like you got to cover your spouse and that doesn't just talk about in prayer. And it's something else. Oh, man, see, look, just quoting Red all day. <laughs> Red, talk about this. And he said whenever he gets into, whenever him and Keisha have any little bit of spat or something like that, right? He says, like, clockwork. He said, watch for the woman in the blue dress. For him as a woman in the blue dress, right? Uh-huh. And he said, just watch out. It always comes to tempt. And he just laughs about it. And he, he'll call Keisha and talk to her about it. And it's one of those things, like, look, the world is it's how things work. The world's going to do that. The enemy's going to do that. And to be fair, people, for some reason, like married people. It's not just women. It's dudes, too. Yeah. I've heard dudes justify saying, well, shoot, if I'm messing with a married woman, I ain't got to pay nothing for her. She just want to get some sex. She got a whole husband to do everything else. I'm just giving her what he can't give her. Or to see the, or, or the other thing I've heard more from the woman's aspect to try to get with a married man is the fact that he's he's wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact that somebody wanted him, the fact that he had, like, he's wanted, that's uh, quote-unquote attractive or whatever. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy out here. It's crazy. Yeah, so I think you can do that. But at the same time, I don't think you should just jump to saying, yo, everything's my fault. Because when it comes to stuff like, let's say, like, the, the pornography or lust problems, Sometimes that's just a that person. That's the problem with that person, and it's something y'all both are gonna have to work through now. But it's not. That's not a, always a thing where you had a part in causing that. That's a that's a self discipline problem with that person, right. which caused them to become overcome by their flesh. Right. I would I would tell um anybody who you know, found themselves in that situation, whatever. Like, again, as you said, to try to figure out, well, why is it, you know, what did you do to kind of help with that? But sometimes you ain't did nothing. You did everything right. And it's the person, you know, so to not, you know, if you can clear that, to really keep in mind that it's not you, it's them. It sounds cliche, but it's not you, it's them. And don't take that blame or that burden on yourself and start, oh, my goodness, start, second guessing yourself no no you good it's them keep them in prayer <laughs> mm-hmm. so. yeah, man. this was great we just went for an hour and a half christina wow look at these numbers <laughs> i know <laughs> well we want to thank everybody who stick stuck around for the full 90 minutes of this <laughs> this podcast yes, we appreciate you we appreciate you we it's, definitely it's one appreciate of those topics, you so. Yeah, it was a lot to say. And to be honest, this this is a conversation that probably could be going on a whole lot longer. I mean, look, it went for two podcasts yeah. for a combined total, probably like two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes, something like that. Because yeah. we didn't stop at an hour in the last one. It went over that. I think it was like 75 minutes. So, 
Um, we appreciate y'all for sticking around. Again, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on all of our social medias. Follow the beautiful, majestic, anointed Miss Rennie Mocha at <laughs> Renaissance C, C underscore Siete <laughs> on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Si, si. And uh, follow the Godman podcast on all of your social media outlets, YouTube as well. And uh, again, you know, Godmanpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up. Uh, tell us if you there's something specific you'd like us to talk about. If you need something, someone to pray for you, we have intercessors on the ready. If you need some pastoral advice, we have a pastor on call for you. Mm-hmm. Not talking about myself, guys. No. no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And this has been us. This is Mike. This is Rennie. And we will talk to you later. Okay? Bye. Later. Okay, bye.